I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And today I want to start by laying out a scenario for you. Would you mind? You see, it's something that I've been stewing on. Let's imagine that there was a man, let's call him Larry, and Larry was very eager to get a job. And Larry has asked you to take a look at his resume, that very resume that he's going to put in to seek the position. So as a good friend, you give the resume a read. You're quietly horrified. It is long, rambling, and surely doesn't promote the best qualities of your friend Larry's professional expertise. And so you decide to help. In a positive hour-long meeting, you frame the principles of how to present his best self within a resume. You lay it out and the importance of Larry being concise and error-free. After all, the competition in this field of job search is stiff. Larry asks a few questions and departs excited, ready to put forth his best foot. And a few weeks later, you see Larry again, but he's glum. He didn't get a call back for any of the positions, particularly the one that he really wanted your help for. You asked him if he corrected and improved his resume, to which he admits that he didn't end up really evolving much at all. He just kind of put it in as it was. And so in this scenario, despite having the knowledge of the steps to improve his own chances, Larry didn't take action. He had a resume, but he was also equipped with the understanding and path of how to improve it. And he didn't take action. He didn't apply knowledge. So let me ask you, how would you feel as his friend? Would you be amazed, shocked? disappointed? If you had to label Larry, how would you? Lazy? Perhaps ignorant? As a coach, I might say uncoachable. Today, we're diving into applying knowledge and how common it is to know something that is surely going to help you in performance, but equally how sometimes it's really tough to apply that knowledge and actually take action. A timely overview with us coming towards the end of this season and starting to fasten our seatbelt to freshen up and go again. And so whether you care about athletic performance, life performance, even climate change, I think you might want to listen to this one today. But before we do, we've got some business to attend to. You see, we're going to do a return to my very favorite section of this show. Ooh, the bleeding heck are you? And for this return, I wanted to return to one of my favorite athletes, Marina Gilman. Now, you may just remember Marina from all the way back in episode 15 of this very show. Marina is Ukrainian by origin, and she had, well, how can I call it, a crazy upbringing with a father who absolutely refused to let her participate in any exercise at all, ever. She was forced to just study and do nothing else. 
Now, breaking apart from her father, she moved to the US and she married a man who turned out to be abusive. But she charged on becoming a wonderful mum to two children. And finally escaping from the clutches of this abusive relationship, she finally, for the first time in her life, started to be able to start exercise. But then, boom, tragedy struck with the passing of one of her daughters to an accident involving a drunk driver. Over the course of the stress and the turmoil, Marina put on a lot of weight and she found herself in a massive emotional and physical hole. In fact, when I met Marina, she couldn't even make it up a flight of stairs. And over the last years, Marina has lost over 100 pounds. She taught herself to swim, how to ride a bike, and now, yes, she has finished a triathlon. She self-defines, quite rightly, I might add, as an athlete. We are all athletes. And the last years, I have chased and chased and chased and ladies and gentlemen, continued to chase Marina, driving her not just to be able to ride a bike, but learn how to ride her bike well. And a big part of this is trying to teach her, and it sounds so basic for many of you folks that perhaps really love to ride a bike a lot, but trying to teach Marina how to stand out of the saddle on a bike, a massive challenge. And Marina tried and tried and tried again, and she could never do it sustainably. It was never quite right. And it's been incredibly tough for Marina, failure after failure, really tough. And I've got to say, I've been, what's the word? That's right, relentless. Well, this week, ladies and gentlemen, this week, Marina stood. She interacted with her bike, and her bike finally became one with her. She rode, she looked great, all out of the saddle. No big deal for world champion Jan Frodeno, but a massive achievement for Marina. And guess what, folks? It looked good, like a ballerina on the bike, a breakthrough. And this, this is athletics. This is sport. This is accomplishment. And this is why I wanted to share it with you today. And so yet again, I get to say, well done, Marina. Victory is yours. Not rewarded on social media or with a podium or a medal, but with the inner belief and sense of accomplishment, which ultimately is way, way more powerful. So keep being an inspiration. I'll keep telling you a disappointment and we will carry on with our coaching progression. Okay, so what's next? Well, yeah, I get to do a squatty update this week and a few things for the squatty update I want to go through. Let's call it Matt Dixon's quick hit list. Firstly, a PSA, public service announcement. I don't want you guys to miss the Collins Cup. It is an incredibly special and very exciting event that with many of the world's greatest endurance athletes attending. It's kind of pitched like the Ryder Cup of triathlon, if you know that event. There has never been a race like it, and it's happening this very weekend, taking place in Slovakia, and it's going to be a major, major television event. You can head to the collinscup.protriathletes.org, and you can see everything 
around the event itself. It starts very early on the West Coast. East Coast people, you'll be catching it just as you get out of bed. And for you folks in Europe, we are very, very lucky. It's right in the heart of the day. We're going to leave the link in the show notes, but it is available globally on television and is promising to be a very special event and perhaps the future of triathlon. Now, in other news, we've also got in a few weeks the Ironman 70.3 World Championships in St. George, Utah. What a cracking barn burner of a race that's going to be. And we're going to be doing a pre-race special with Ironman legend Mark Allen. Many of you guys know Mark. He is known as The Grip. He won the Hawaii Ironman six times, and I'm lucky enough to call him a great friend. And I thought that Mark and I could get together and go over the race, have a little bit of a powwow, maybe give you some insights on how to be successful, but also think about who might just make an imprint on this event. And so keep an eye for some insider thoughts because it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's fantastic that this event is actually going to go and, and go ahead. Purple Patch had almost 100 athletes qualify to this 70.3 World Championships. Didn't I tell you that we were having a pretty good year? Yeah, we were having a pretty good year. We're only going to get to take about 50 or 60 of those athletes for the big event. Of course, it is a COVID-continued infected year, but it is going to be a barn burner, so look for that. And finally an invitation. I'd love you to be able to check out the brand new Purple Patch Triathlon Squad page on the website. Over the last year, we have completely evolved the program. And over the coming months, we're going to set to be launching the Run Squad and the Bike Squad. But for right now, we have a completely evolved Triathlon Squad program. All you need to do is head to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash squad and see how it is so evolved and changed. Lots of education, community, live and video on demand, video coach sessions, and all under the banner of the most successful coaching program in triathlon. As ever, if you're interested, if you've got a full event, or maybe after listening to today's show and listening to John's story, maybe you think, hmm, maybe I should talk to these folks. Reach out. We're happy to have a chat with you. Info at purplepatchfitness.com is the way to email us. Tell us that you heard the podcast and you're interested to hear more about squad or purple patch coaching. All right, that's the squatty update, guys. And with that, oh, Barry, here we go. Barry, it is your turn on stage. You have had some troubles with the cameras on the live video coaching sessions, but I have heard through the grapevine that you've been really keeping up with the ukulele while we gave you a break over the last few weeks. And so let's hear your lyrical tune. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Barry. It is the word of the week. We like the way he thinks, serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the dictionary word of the week. Yes, guys, an action-packed show, and we do get back to the word of the week. And this week, it is adaptability. The last 18 months or so have shown us that the two words in high performance, without a doubt, in my mind, resilience and adaptability. And so we're going to focus on the second one of those today for the word of the week, adaptability. You see, across all aspects of life and sport, high performers have been forced to lean into both of these traits to navigate, to evolve, and still drive themselves forward. 
And while it's starting to feel like Groundhog Day, here we go again. This last week, the Hawaii Ironman World Championship was once again postponed. Yep, for the third time. It's now been pushed back to February 2022, with that day even, if you ask me, looking shaky in itself. Now, the news was met with absolutely understandable frustration for those athletes that are in the middle of training hard after earning their spot. It's upsetting. Many of these athletes were annoyed, seeking to blame, casting anger. But the situation isn't going to change. And it provides little value in targeting anyone or anything to release your annoyance. If you are an athlete preparing for the World Championships, I feel for you. I know it is upsetting. It is massively annoying. But guess what? It's going to be okay. Once again, we must lean into resilience. We must be adaptable. The timeline shifts, but your journey of performance does not. And it's important to remember that your work up to this point doesn't evaporate. It won't disappear. The changing date doesn't dismantle your performance opportunity. It's simply the fact that your target has moved. So what do you need to do? You need to course correct. Pause, come up for a little perspective, reframe the plan. Now, over the course of this, it's more than likely that you'll integrate a little bit of a break so that you can restore. You can let the work marinate. And then you can rebuild the plan towards February. And guess what? If that date just does change again, I'm going to feel for you again. But you know what you're going to do? Well, then you're going to go again. The target moved. What do you need to do? Course correct. Pause. Come up for a little perspective. Reframe the plan. Yes, you do it again. Because that is the environment right now, and there is nothing, nothing you can do about it. So lean into the fact that this game that we're playing is a game of privilege, and we are incredibly lucky to be able to exist in the midst of this pandemic with a sporting goal being of such importance. And so let's ground ourselves on that a little bit. Keep smiling, keep getting better, and fasten your seatbelt. Because when it does become time to race, and that time will come, you will be ready. Adaptability. It is our word of the week for Ironman athletes, but also for all of you listeners that maybe agreed with some disappointments, some adversity, some setbacks, or even some moving targets. Don't forget it and keep it stabled to your heart. Okay, now... Let's get on. We are talking knowledge today. I'm dishing out the knowledge, you know what I'm saying? And so, folks, it is, oh, I look forward to saying this, it is our meat and potatoes. Yes, folks, it is our meat and potatoes, and let's begin with this. A defining component of Purple Patch is a highly distinct methodology and approach that frames a way of thinking, a way of thinking and approaching performance in both sport 
and life. And I'm labeled as the recovery coach. Most think of Purple Patch with a strong focus on building a platform of health to deliver performance, assisting time-starved athletes thrive within limited training hours, and also having a strong focus on really supporting habits such as nutrition and sleep. And consistent themes pop out when folks think about how we at Purple Patch do things. And many athletes read and listen to our education distribution and think, hmm, yes, that makes sense. And others buy into the message enough to actually join one of our coaching programs. And either path, I consistently see athletes really struggling to apply the actual acquired knowledge. And I think it's important and something that's worth discussing, so much so that I'm going to dedicate a whole little show to this. But it's one thing to understand something, to agree and understand. But it is often a real challenge to truly apply that knowledge. And what I want to do today is just give you a couple of examples, because this is a theme that we are going to return to over the coming weeks. So I thought what we would do today is just lay out a couple of great examples where athletes often struggle. And I'll give you two or three to begin. The first, post-workout fueling. So what that is, is consuming calories very quickly after you've finished exercise or your training. And it's logical and it makes sense, both in terms of optimizing recovery, forcing adaptations, limiting stress, managing your energy in the day. There's a whole suite of reasons that this is a really good thing. When you have a discussion with an athlete, they often think, that makes sense, it's great, I understand it. And yet, with so many athletes committing to very hard work and training, Still consistently, we see a host of athletes really fall down in this key component to optimize the returns of that training, to enable stable health, and actually make sure that you can manage stress and energy throughout the day when you go to work. And it's really strange, really challenging, but it's very common. Athletes understand logically that this is a part of their performance puzzle, but it is one of the key things that we so frequently see athletes falling down on. A second example would be athletes going easy enough in the easier sessions, the sessions that are designed as more supportive, as we call it. Baseline fitness and endurance, facilitated for recovery, perhaps preparation for an upcoming key session or day. And it's so interesting, but logic is so often overridden by fear or perhaps motivation for great success. And while athletes are really, really good at listening to coaches when they ask them to go hard, they really struggle when coaches tell them to go easy. And while most athletes can intuitively appreciate that low stress sessions are an important part of the overall fabric of the training week or block, many, 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 many really struggle to apply the knowledge and keep the intensity down, down, down. Intensity creep is a big issue and it always leaves fatigue accumulation, often niggles and spinal injuries, or of course, more troubling, performance decline.
So that's two examples. Here's one more, strength training. Nowadays, almost all athletes appreciate the value of strength training in the overall performance puzzle. But there are very few, very few, that are able to commit and follow through in an ongoing season-long manner. Athletes consistently fall into old habits. They run from their fear of not being fit enough. And in pursuit of greater fitness, they drop their strength training. I've got to chase more miles. And around and around it goes with each off-season seeing a renewed commitment. This year, I am going to nail my strength training. Only to adopt it for a few months and then See you next year for the next cycle of promises, Jack. Yep, it goes into the garbage. Now, I could go on and on and on about athletes really challenged to apply knowledge, but there is one piece, one piece of the overall athletic journey that deserves special focus and not in the direction of the absolute failure to apply knowledge. Ah, now you know while I was talking about Larry with the resume at the start of the show, he didn't apply knowledge. Well, this thing is so simple and so easy to execute. It doesn't even demand massive blood, sweat and tears. And yet, I would almost say the majority of amateur athletes fail in this over the course of their athletic journey. Every single year, soon, in the coming month or two, we as a coaching organization, as a performance leader, we point to this hole and we say, don't fall down this hole. And they look at it and they stand on the edge and then they jump in. And to highlight this, I can go very close to home because I can tell you a story about a really good mate of mine. Now, I'm not going to embarrass him. And before you ask, no, it isn't Peter from the Peter Minute, because he's a very good boy. You should know that by now. This is a different friend. And I built the show all around him so that he can get really annoyed at me. So I'm going to call him John. He's going to get annoyed because I called him John, but he'll know who he is. Anyway, John is a really good athlete. He is a strong athlete and he loves sport, he loves training, and he's highly ambitious. And he does a good job of integrating sport into a really busy life that includes an executive job and a family that includes two teenage children. And despite this, when I say he does a good job of integrating sport into that busy life, despite this, here's a story from my personal frustration. It makes me so annoyed. John has been on a plateau of performance for about the last five years. And like me, he is frustrated. And every year, right around this time, the arguments begin. He's just had another challenging season. He just can't improve, at least from this reasonable level that he finds himself at. And so I'm starting to get ready right now because I know over the coming weeks, I can have my annual conversation with John. Now, generally, John is a sponge for information. He's learned a ton about performance from myself as well as other folks, much of which he has applied to his own journey to great positive effect. And despite this, every year for the last five years, 
his season has ended in frustration. It's been a string of mild underperformance, always with a season littered with niggles and different setbacks, all from an initial burst of fitness gains giving way to underperformance when it really counted, yes, in his key races. And so what he does, frustrated, is he completes his last race and then he goes into what he calls my big break. And over that course of that big break, he turns his back on the sport. He engages in no structured training for about three or four months. Now he does some random running. He barely swims because he doesn't like it very much. He goes out and does a little riding out in the trails of Marin, just north of San Francisco. And he also does plenty of winter sports. He gets to spend plenty of time with kids, family, friends. And then in late winter, he returns. And when he returns every year, he has serious ambition. His thirst for real performance at that point is always high. And he starts staking the ground. This year, I am determined to make some big breakthrough. And typically, the initial weeks go really, really well. He sees his motivation amplify. It's going really well. It's fitter than ever. And the numbers are great. And he pushes great numbers. He starts to lean out. The metrics don't lie, ladies and gentlemen. He is getting fitter. And then every year, he is sure to encounter some random, or perhaps not so random, niggle. And from there, he commences the yo-yo of performance consistency that cascades to mental and physical fatigue accumulation. And he always just ends up chasing. He's just behind the eight ball. And he's in search of gains and fitness and then, in a year's time, doubtless, in stubborn John's case, we will be back here again. Me loving him as a friend, equally frustrated at the sixth year of performance plateau. Now, I want you to compare this story to Larry at the top of the show. Remember him? The one who refused to adapt his resume? At that time, I asked you a question. How would you feel if you were his friend? Do you remember you worked on the resume and he just didn't apply any of the knowledge? Would you be amazed, shocked, disappointed? If you actually had to label John, how would you? Stubborn? Ignorant? Uncoachable? Hmm. I'm not sure, but there is an important consideration here. You see, if John wanted to just remain active in his life, he's succeeding. If his sport that he participated in was nothing more than a pure hobby, and then he's actually doing okay. But he's frustrated because he's ambitious and he wants to improve. And so the sport isn't just a vehicle to provide a little bit of structure so that over the course of the time that is less busy in the year, he can actually sort of train, go to races and improve, etc. He carries ambition. But on the top of that ambition, he runs into walls of fatigue and injury. He isn't evolving. He isn't improving. And so by definition, he's not actually on a performance journey. And so if he asked my advice right now, which he probably won't, he'll just wait for me to badger him. But if he asked my advice right now, I'd say that he has two paths. Number one, do a little less training, 
Keep it really fun. Stay consistent. Embrace any chosen events that you want to do just so that you can go away and have a fun weekend with friends or family. But don't chase. Just incorporate it as a part of a healthy life. And don't carry, because you haven't earned the right of expectation, but don't carry massive quests for huge goals or breakthroughs. Alternatively, if it is really important to John, he should chase performance. But he should chase performance in life and sport. And he should try and create a year-round recipe that is healthy, manageable, consistent, and can yield true ongoing results. And here's, as you can hear as I talk about this, but here is the frustration in many ways. John is doing so much right. And this is why it's frustrating as a friend, because I happen to be pretty knowledgeable in these things. And while doing so many things right, he is absolutely failing. And his downfall is squarely in just nailing a successful postseason, as we like to call it. Some people would call it off-season, others even pre-season. But let's just, for the sake of this show, define it as the phase of time between his last race and when he puts his mind back into performance mode and he begins chasing next season's goals. And so for John, that's late winter. So it's November to February. And that is where there is a black hole of performance potential. And it is damaging. And this is the thing, folks. If I had to identify one single thing, one common denominator of high performance, whether it was our pro athlete, Sam Ambleton, or Marina from our story today, or Tim Deere from the Badwater 135 that you listened to last week, and all of our other successful athletes, one single thing, it would be this, nailing postseason. And that includes a smart break from training for 10 to 14 days with very little structure around anything performance. But then, and this this is the key thing, a block of much lower physical and mental load, but absolutely critical training, which we call postseason. And in that training, it's an emphasis on technical development, habit creation, building tissue resilience and baseline training, a little bit of spice around some high intensity and a whole bunch of really fun and free training. You see, much of what John does, we can fit that into postseason. And the key is this block of work for John, November, December, January, into February, it can be and include much lower cognitive and physical load. In fact, he should not be training at the normal heights of what he does when he's really ambitious. Sounds really important, doesn't it? It should, at the same time, absolutely not be. That block of work should not be a monkey on your back. Because smart training doesn't and shouldn't be a huge physical drain or a minefield of logistics throughout the whole of the year. And I think that we can label John's mistake and the classic athlete's mistake as having too much of a binary mindset. He is either in or out. He is training 
or he's random. He's driving forward or he's regressing. And the truth is, if I could just grab him by the collar and make him look at me in the eye and say, get the darn vaccine. I mean, mean, excuse me. If I could just get him and say, enjoy your training more. You can reduce your injuries, improve your performance and dial things back. But at the same time, we must just keep a vein of consistency. And so, yes, John, take a break. Be more free. Absolutely invest in the family, but do it the smart way. You need to be proactive. With a massively reduced time investment, but that smaller investment is one that will And it does, because it does across every type of athlete. It will build a platform that will allow so much more fruit from the six months of the year when John is really chasing. And this is where John doesn't appreciate some of the most basic principles of training, both in terms of his muscular tissue development as well as cardiovascular conditioning. Because right now, And over the course of the last five years, probably six, probably seven, taking a three-month break doesn't mean that then, well, the rest of the other nine months are going to be wonderful. What it means is real regression. And with regression, John must, over the course of those three months, as he returns, really patiently rebuild just to get back to a baseline. And so, A proper lens on three months of random would be more that for every month that John takes off from some form of structured training, it is going to take more than that time to build back to where he was. If you detrain for three months, you can expect four, six, eight weeks just to get back to a safe baseline without any progression established from the year prior. Think about that. That's almost 50% of the year. And at that point, then what John could do is, is to begin with training and figure and start to progress. But his experience is very similar to most others that take that huge break. He takes the huge break, which translates to completely random approach. Then he returns emotionally ready and charged up, but completely physically ill-equipped to patiently build. And so the mind charges, of course, under the looming race deadlines, and the body is in this game of catch-up. Niggles, less optimal training, less optimal adaptations, and seasonal disappointment. And so John's story is perhaps the clearest example of an inability to apply knowledge. And far too many athletes do it. And here's the thing. I get it. You want a break from heavy-duty training, and you should get it. You need and want more time with the family, and you should have it. You want freedom to do different activities, and you absolutely should. But that doesn't mean you need to fall into binary decision-making. Don't turn your back and turn it off completely. There is a path to have everything. Think about that. There is a path for you to have everything, or you end up like John. Don't be like John. Oh, 
And last words, John, or whatever your name is, I'm sorry. I know I've put it out there and I can already see my future. I will be carrying your water on this weekend's run. I know. But after five years, this is my final call, my plea for your own performance evolution. Someone who is so dedicated to sport, to family, being the very best version of yourself. You listened to me on strength training, on crank length, on going easier in the easier sessions, even precision hydration. And this is your last piece of the puzzle for a great year ahead. And for the rest of you lot, yes, my listeners, have a little chew on it. Take a break, but then find some structure, not structure that dominates life, that makes you keep driving down into a reservoir of fatigue. It is a real art, but you know what? We're really pretty good at helping you with that art. We can help you. And as the weather turns and the season begins to close out, this is it. And I am going to hammer you in the coming weeks about this very thing. So consider it. You've got the knowledge. Now, what the heck are you going to do with it? Oh, and while I've got you all, because you might not be a triathlete, you might just be looking for performance in life. What other examples can you think of across life, across society, in which we see folks gaining knowledge, but just simply unable or sometimes even refusing to apply it? I can think of a few, but I would love to hear your thoughts and answers. And so why don't you ping us on the podcast page at the website? Go to purplepatchfitness.com, the podcast page, it's under education, and we would love for you to share your thoughts. Where else? I don't know. Climate change? Please let us know your first name and where you live, and we would love to hear from you. And so, guys, to sum up today, immerse, learn, seek your own growth, But please, whatever your endeavor, apply. It takes a little courage, sometimes some sacrifice, even a little bit of independent thought. But I promise you, it is worth it. Until next time, stay safe and take care. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if we share with your friends and really go the extra mile. Head over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to follow, rate, and review the show. Your support and reviews go a long way to increasing our visibility and, of course, the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive, just like me and you. Don't forget... You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links to the episode resources and all of our programs can be found at purplepatchfitness.com. Take care.